You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, happy holidays. It's Al McManus coming back to you this week. Wanted to let you know that there are brand new items in the merchandise store featuring Shiprock 2021 designs. So go check those out at your convenience and in the comfort of your own home and couch and underwear. Whatever you're doing, pick up a couple items for you and your beloved metalhead. And keep a lookout for a few more Christmas items that will be added very soon. Hashtag soon. Enjoy the episode. Making Waves. Hey, listen, guys, before we start tonight with our with our special guest, obviously, uh, we want to uh, mention that uh, Shiprock 2021, if you guys have been paying attention, is now Shiprock 2022. And we're going to be sailing January 22nd through the 27th out of Galveston this go-round. Uh, go to uh, shiprock.com and you can get all the details about reservations, cabin availability, and any other information you need. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and start episode 22 of Making Waves with our special guest, from Stitched Up Heart, it's Mixie. Welcome. Thank you so hey. much. Aw. This is I awesome. Like the, yeah, I'm really so weird because it's just me. Like, <laughs> You're just clapping I'm over stoked. there. <laughs> I'll clap too, but I'm kind of like wounded soldier today. Yeah. So but, uh, how are you doing, by the way? How's it? How, are you in California? Yeah, Riverside County. It's kind of in the middle. We moved out in the middle of nowhere, like farms, dairy farms. Um, there's so many back roads to ride motorcycles. There's mountains. There's, um, a lot of the smell of fertilizer, <laughs> but, uh, it's kind of nice. It's a little suburban neighborhood and, um, I'm digging it. A lot of horses. Yeah. I mean, so is that a new, uh, scent of inspiration, uh, would you say writing this record that you guys are working on? Oh man. So, uh, there's a lot of inspiration here. It's funny because wherever you are, you're going to feed off of the energy in the area. So if you hide in a forest somewhere, you're going to get this, I don't know, like foresty kind of sound. And if you go to the beach, you're going to get like a beach, like chill, like vibey, you know what I'm saying? Or if you're in the middle of LA in the city, you're going to get this angst. Like, you're get a lot of people like, yelling at you. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and every different, I mean, really, I write from what is happening or what I'm going through at the moment. Um, so there's definitely a lot of material for this year. I mean, I'm, we're all going through a lot of stuff. So, um, but I'm doing the best I can turning everything that comes at me into a positive and trying to find like the good in it and learn from every single thing like this sucks. Let's figure out what to do and how to pivot and how to survive in this uh, climate. But, um, and I, I'm learning that I can do a lot more than I thought I could. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't grow from what's going on, uh, you're doing life wrong this year. So yeah, there, there's a way. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Chad and I, before we, we got on with you, Mixie, he and I were talking about, you talked about uh, the new album and writing and you kind of taking where you're at, your atmosphere, your elements where you're around uh, to kind of inspire you. And we were talking about the difference between your, the 2016, uh, uh, your 20, 2016 release and the new one, Darkness, that came out this year. And the difference, like the, the original, the first one, it's, you know, it's really hard-edged, right? Very aggressive. Uh, but Darkness has a lot more uh, ambient going on, some like electronic, especially some of the intros going in. Were you guys in a place where that really kind of like inspired you guys to bring that kind of sound in? Yeah, uh, we, we wrote 70 songs for Darkness because we didn't want to write the same exact record we just wrote. And I'm kind of an advocate on change. I like to change it up. I mean, my hair color is a different color every time I see you guys. So <laughs> uh, I just need something different and fresh and like something new. With Darkness, I was just feeling like I wanted something with more layers and more um, ambiance, I guess. And uh, like, cinematic kind of feel and it takes you somewhere with the synths and electronics but i also realized what i miss out of the darkness record is those heavy riffs and those like super like i don't think we added enough guitar riffs so i think we're gonna kind of meet in the middle but also add a whole nother uh level of stuff that we want to try to with this next record we're working on mm. um but we wrote 70 songs for Darkness um, and trying to find the lane that we wanted to go in for that record. We also wrote a lot of really good songs that we're going to release on a deluxe version of the album, probably five or six extra songs um, and some really great songs that just weren't in the vision of what we wanted to do for that album. So we got all this material. It's going to the sophomore record was it was hard. Like it was difficult because it was just, we didn't know where we wanted to go yet. We were just trying to find a lane. And now we kind of have, we know where we want to be. Um, we have all this material and it's, it's going to be like cake to make this record. <laughs> Speaking of cinematic. So the, the video for my demon is very, you know, cinematic. If you want very atmospheric, all the elements you're looking for that you're, I guess you were hoping for. It's a beautiful looking video. Yeah, that uh, almost mm -hmm. didn't happen because COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So the original director who also directed Finally Free had some stuff happen with his family. So he had to bail last minute. Our drummer flew into town. Um, he is helping his parents out in Pennsylvania because they're getting really sick and old. And so he needed to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so he flew in and then we're like, well, we have like two weeks to figure out who the new director is going to be. Like we knew what we wanted the, the storyline to be. I have the perfect girl demon and it was just a great playoff. I loved messing with Merit and all the boys and just having her seduce the crap out of them, the whole entire music video. I was <laughs> yeah. like, you got to make them so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> uh, and then she had to seduce me and we're both like, we just ate sandwiches with onions and we're like, does my breath smell? <laughs> That's what I imagine is going on in those yeah, situations. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> My skin's so dry. Don't touch me. Yeah. No. Are you using? Are you using the new? Uh, just talking about some different <laughs> yeah. voice risers. I would. So, uh, so um, do we, obviously, you guys were able to find a director for that. What was that? What yes. was that like? Having to kind of get and throwing someone into that mix so quickly. What was that? What was that like? 
it was meant to be. Um, so there's, I do a lot of uh, volunteer work with animals and there's this mm-hmm. sanctuary for like monkeys and kangaroos and stuff like that, that I have a friend that helps them. Um, and I ended up over there and they had a videographer that tours with corn. He's been doing it for the last 14 years. Um, and they just happened to be in the place at the right time. And I was like, do you guys happen to do music videos? And they're like, yeah, that's like pretty much what we do. I'm like, well, we have like two weeks and we have one location that originally quoted us $10,000. And clearly we did not have the budget for that. Um, But it was in the middle of downtown LA and nobody's going to the club. So (laughs) uh, we got it for dirt cheap. Somehow everything happened perfectly. And they just, I was, I, I couldn't believe it actually happened to be honest. So can I, you if you don't mind me asking real quick. Oh man. Uh, Oh, what was it called? I I don't remember. It, I'm <laughs> I trying to because I watched I watched I watched the video. I I can't um, picture the space though. Um, mm. Maybe it's just dressed differently. But it was cool. It was an old bank from like the olden days in downtown Los Angeles, and they even had like a vault. Um, they had like fake. It just looked like it was a bank, but it was part club. And then they had like these weird animal heads, like in business bank suits or something. I don't know. It was just. Yeah. I forgot. I I'll have to text you it later. One of those after 2 a.m. clubs. Um, so basically, you went to your animal sanctuary to do some work. You ran to some guys who are videographers for corn, and you got a video made. Yeah. <laughs> That's life, baby. Oh, well, it's like, it's yeah, wild, though, how, how that worked out. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Uh, we just, I really just was like, well, we got to let go of this video. The, the idea came from our bass player. He's like, you guys want to do a video? Because Demon's doing okay on Spotify. And like, we should do a video for it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So ask the label, see if we've got a budget, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we got a budget. Now what do we do? Uh, I don't know. Let's just talk about it. And then we came up with the whole plan together. I'm like, dude, would it be cool if this demon lady was like seducing me? And, like we could get all like that. <laughs> That's, that sounds exactly everybody, like I imagine it going down. <laughs> so <laughs> you just mentioned that you basically that you kind of picked the song because it was doing well and rating well on, on Spotify. And I look at the album like I was looking at the order of the album. I was like, man, that's bold to like pick the closing song of the album as a single type material. Well, it was just the I mean, I feel like these days when it comes to singles, the Spotify streams are going to tell you what really yeah. Does yeah. it like they're going to tell you what people are listening to that you're not putting marketing money behind, but you'll see it, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's cool about streaming these days. You know what people want to hear, and you have a little more of a um, a grasp on it. Yeah. Is there um, an expectation? Oh, sorry, Chad. No, I mean that's a. I don't want to get us too off topic here, but that's a huge one. Thank you for saying what you just did. Um, yeah. The old model's broken and the new models has been working, but no one's been paying attention to it the way in, in our space and rock the way that you clearly are. I mean, I'm looking at, we talked earlier about what you're doing currently to stay afloat. You're embracing the tech, you're embracing the fans and the fans are, they're eager to tell you if you just listen, you know, like the idea of these suits and who wrote a song or whatever back in, in a, in a, in a chair at, at, a, at a record label, those days are gone. You know, and it was cool just to hear you say that. So, you know, I was thinking about the tent because never, ever, like even two years ago, would you ever get your label to say last song on the record? Let's make that the single, you know? Right. I no mean, one even listens to a record like a record anymore. You know, it's a singles world. And unfortunately, 
just the way it is. Some people it is, will. and that's that's why we released the last record the way we did. And luckily, we did because I mean, the whole album dropped March thirteenth of this year. Fun. But right, right, yeah. Literally that day, our tour got postponed. I was at the gym getting ready for tour, and I get the call. Okay, Sebastian Box postponed till fall, and then I ordered a pizza. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to eat some carbs. Uh, And I called the kitten rescue that I foster, like the bottle baby kitten rescues. I'm like, give me kittens and pizzas and I'll be okay. I'm like, it's fine. Um, But like we released the album as singles through like the whole uh, marketing strategy. It was like a waterfall effect. So by the time the record came out, almost everything but like two or three songs was out. So it was, thank God. (laughs) Do you want to know a secret? What? Um, So... Mixie and, and I, Wilson, our, our band and her, her, my band and her band, we are on the same label at the time. And I was very adamant about what, what I wanted to do, which was your campaign. Right. And, and then when you guys came and did the campaign, I literally called up our product manager and I was like, are the, the people over the label? And I'm like, listen, dude, <laughs> is, who do I need to talk to about this? Because like, this is exactly the way that it should go down and what we talked about. So clearly you're not averse to do, I put up a, like, a, a, big, a big stink. I was like, they're doing it though. You know, like that sort of thing. And I loved it. I loved the fact that you embraced it. And like you said, now you're at a place where everybody's known a few things that are coming around the, the bend and then you release a record and thank fucking God you did it that way, you know, because it wasn't going to be your big bang in the it was just to keep the push, right? Keep pushing on past the uh, momentum to keep the momentum going. Yeah. And I'd love to take credit for the idea, but it it was all just the label coming to me and being like, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, that's, I like it. Cause I, I think that like, I like thinking outside the box and trying new things, you know? Um, and your record, speaking of my demon was written by Scott Stevens, him and I wrote that together. That's right. So that was like one of the first songs because um, we were supposed to work with him. And then he got so busy with Scott Stapp's record that we ended up going somewhere else. But that was one of the only songs of the 60 that we kept for the record. The rest of it we did with Matt Good, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I love Matt. Yeah, That's dude. Cool. I love that dude. Look at that. We're, look, we're finding out inside story stuff here on Making Waves, huh? Sorry, Justin. Oh, did, no, did uh, I was I, okay with that said, Mix. I'm glad you said all that because I was I was curious. I was like, what's the expectation from the label for the new record? Or is it going to basically like, hey, let's just record it, put it up, let your fans dictate what's going to become the single? What are we going to camp behind? What we're going to push? Is that the, is that the new paradigm? Is that what I'm kind of hearing? You know, I don't really know how they're going to go about it right now. The labels are so interesting because a lot of them are working from home. Like most of the office is in New York. So really right now, there's a lot of hands-on of what we're doing in our, we we added uh, right before all this happened in February, we added a second uh, day-to-day manager person and uh, he works for Powerline Management. So we kind of like have like two management companies. They also do Butcher Babies, uh, Escape the Fate, Islander, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, so he uh, is just this, probably one of the few managers that has a fire in his belly during this year that really is like riled up, getting everybody moving. He's the reason I'm on Twitch. Um, And he's got all his bands just working their butt off. And it's a whole kind of uh, group of us that are trying to, I don't know, kind of hold each other's hands together and kind of like, we can get through this, guys, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's been it's cool. It's like a little family. Remember when Century Media was Century back in the day? They had all those barbecues. That label was like it was just a big family of bands, and I feel like that's been missing for a little bit. And so we're trying to unite everybody. Like I've been getting on my Twitch streams on Tuesdays. I have like pretty much every girl I know in music, I, I have come on the stream and it's kind of cool because we get to chit chat and keep everybody kind of intertwined somehow, kind of like what you guys are doing. So um, something for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Engagement. Engagement's the number one thing that all artists should be doing this year is just engaging their audience in any which way. They're and it pulls back the curtain. The mystery kind of disappears a little bit, but true. you know, they want to feel like they have some, not ownership of the person, but ownership of what you are, the band. Yeah. You know? And I, I definitely hear that <laughs> whole fine line of the mystique um, mm-hmm. because you're literally telling people who you are. Like, I cuss like a sailor on my stream. <laughs> I like can't, yeah. I really try to like stop myself. I'm going to get a swear jar, you know? Um, <laughs> and just, you, you kind of like are who you are. And if people like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. And that's just the way it is. And I'm just fine with that at this point. But um, yeah. Isn't it ironic, though, that it takes technology for us to humanize each other? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, you can just be mixy. Like, I didn't know that about her. Now I found out she's so open because of the Internet. Yeah. I mean, if you look at pictures, I've got resting bitch face. And, like, I'm just like, but I like ponies. Yeah, people used to get like 30 second meet and greet with you and that's their kind of their uh, perception of you. But now they can spend what, however long your Twitch sessions are and go, wow, I really came along. I feel like I kind of know her, but I don't, but it, it emboldens, I, I feel closer to her. Now I, I want to really get engaged in her career. Yeah, or, or they're like, I can't stand her anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a but double-edged also- sword, right? <laughs> There's not enough stuff on television because all the films, like the film industry is also like, kind of shut down ish, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah. Oh, you need a COVID vaccine before you get on the set. Like I've gotten a couple calls to do some background work and it's like, maybe you'll do it. <laughs> like maybe if you're, if you don't yeah. have COVID and you have to do this and this and this. So, uh, you know, there's something for people to watch. Yeah, for sure. Aside yes. from oh, Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, <laughs> one of the things that we talked about earlier and it kind of, I had a specific question and it kind of lent, lends itself perfectly. What you can't see because you're not watching as we are speaking on zoom. If you're tuning in right now is uh, Mixie has her arm in a sling. And I, we found out that that's because one of her beloved ho- horses, correct? Uh, it's a had, dragon. It's a dragon. Oh, it was a, sorry. It was a Siobhan dragon that she was riding. <laughs> Fire breathing. Uh, and it was like, it just bucked up, you know, there, she was in a fight with another Siobhan drag, but it bucked you off of, off of it, Look right? Up and rodeo. You, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was and like you, up and down, like up and down, kicking me off. Um, but really it was a, a little white pony. Um, <laughs> and it was maybe like five, four feet off the ground. Uh, but it was like never been ridden. And I sat on it like an idiot and, um, I didn't have a, a rein in his mouth. So I had no control over it. And I was holding on and I was like, okay, well I'm going to fall off this thing. So I kind of flew off to the right. And the way I landed, um, I fractured my elbow on my right elbow and then I messed up my left thumb. So I'm sitting here trying to eat food, trying to put makeup on for you guys. And I just can't seem to get it right. <laughs> Uh, one of the things you can't see if you're not because you're not in the stream is that she actually did a really great job uh, with, I have, with, with just whatever. a little lipstick on my cheek. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So you're like a horse chick. Like you like, are you like a, into horses? You are is that the thing for you? When I say okay. horse chick, it's like a, sorry, it's like a slang term where people are like, yeah, yeah, she likes to control horses. Like she knows I, I, about horses. I'm turning into that. Um, I don't know if you've seen me ride the inflatable unicorn thing sometimes on festivals. I would, I think oh, I yeah. did it one of the ones that we played together. Um, yeah. When I was a kid, my my dad's second wife uh, had three horses and I kind of fell in love with them. But I never really thought like it was in my future until the fires in Malibu caused this whole um, horse rescue to move a couple years ago. And I ended up um, just volunteering with them because I found it on Facebook and I had finished Darkness and I was bored. So I was like, I'll help horses. So I walked horses and got to know how they work. Fell in love with a horse named Blanca, a gray horse. Um, and she's still over there, but we moved to Riverside where there's more horses. And I've been looking for a horse like Blanca. And then I found one. It, well, I found that little pony and it bucked me off. I asked I asked God for a sign. Hey, if I get this horse, uh, is this a bad idea? And clearly, clearly loud and clear, I got, <laughs> don't get that horse. <laughs> yeah. Careful what you wish for. Well, I know, like, you know, I want to live in uh, not my own will all the time, you know, so I try to like to follow whatever the path should be from the universe or whatever you want to call it. But, um, and then since I've been looking for this horse Blanca, the next, the guy that owned the other horse was like, well, I have another horse that's super bomb proof. So he doesn't freak out. He's easy to ride. Um, and his name is Blanco. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> So like that sign I took too might been part of my will, but also like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take that horse. That's my horse. So now I have a unicorn. Wow. Yeah. I got a dragon and a unicorn. This kind (laughs) of parlays into your love for, uh, for animals in general, because you, you like do a lot of work in that, um, in the field of like, whether that be rescues, cat, cat rescues. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Like bottle baby kittens. Um, yeah. What's that all about? Uh, so when I, when I quit drinking almost, almost six years ago, January 4th will be my six years. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations, you. Yes. Uh, I was looking for something else to do because I was so used to just going to the bar and hanging out with everybody, you know, the scene, the Angels and Kings Hollywood days. But um, uh, I didn't know what else to do. And I found this like kitten bottle feeding class online and I was like, that looks like fun. Okay, let's do that. And then I ended up uh, at this kitten shower for it was kitten season, which is in like April ish. Um, and I was like, okay, let's go to a kitten shower. This sounds fun. Uh, and then I ended up with one and I have fostered 40 kittens at this point. Um, and I don't know, I just, uh, I just like, I think I've learned a lot on how to care for them. I know how to keep them warm and there's not a lot of people that can do it. Uh, and the, the ones that can't feed themselves or don't have a mom, they are most at risk for euthanasia because they can't survive and there's not enough resources or people that can help. Uh, so I try to do as much as I can. Obviously, I can only do so much as one person. But uh, this year, as I've had a couple different litters. I kept one of them. Uh, and so it's like kittens and horses. They're just tiny horses. <laughs> Yeah, you're just trying to get one to get big enough so that you can ride. Right. Uh, we'll try. But so uh, with the, there's like two things that happen in that conversation. I'm not sure what a kitten shower is. I just imagine <laughs> two things, uh, a shower with kittens in it 
or oh, it's like a baby shower showering down upon you. Oh, <laughs> it's rain it. and kittens. Uh, no, it's right, like, a, more baby like a baby showers, I suppose. <laughs> baby showers. Like, ah. but they, like the rescue wanted kitten gifts to help, like, you know, like blankets and stuff like that. Awesome. And then when you when you're getting these, you said you've uh, fostered 40, right? 40, uh, including a dog. <laughs> so, uh, how, uh, how many did you have you had at one time? Oh boy. Uh, we had 10 in the house here. <laughs> um, there were some that were moving out and some that came in and then our, uh, we have four cats of our own. And so, yeah, it sounds crazy. <laughs> it doesn't. I, I just also, when you said moving out, like I just imagine it get, being 18, you know, and like, like, having a suitcase and it's I'll like, all right, I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But for real, like when you're doing the bottle feeding situations, uh, is it, is it more or less like they hit a certain threshold and then they're ready to be forever homed and you then they go to another space or you, do they come pick them up from you? Like, are you like uh, the, giving it I away? mean, sometimes, um, so once they get to a certain about two months old, then they have their two vaccines or vaccinations and they have their spay and neuter. Um, and then they can do the next vaccination as well. But I've found a couple homes for the other ones so far. I actually have two that broke their leg recently. So they're at the rescue, um, kind of oh, one of them had to take to lose a leg. It was kind of sad, but, um, <clears throat> I think there's some bone deficiency or something going on with them, but we can't figure it out. But yeah, I mean, there's stuff like that that happens. Um, most of the time, once they're adoptable, I move them on to either the rescue takes them, puts them out for adoption, or I find a place. Um, but since they need more people with the bottle babies, I kind of specialize in that stuff. That's incredible. <laughs> I can't <imagine>. <laughs> hey, are you hey. still in LA or what are you doing? I'm currently in Detroit, <laughs> but uh, I was in Los Angeles from March 3rd, uh, 3rd to June 22nd, and then back again for like two weeks in August. Okay. And yeah. weren't you in downtown LA too? Correct. Yeah. That was terrifying because that's where the the venue was that we shot the video. And it's like, oh, yeah. basically in downtown LA, like it was businesses, right? All businesses, but there's no work now. So the entire streets is, sk it's like skid row and everybody can't stay on the beach. So they're all just going downtown and it's, it's really, it's like a whole city. So not to get you off top of, of you, but where I stay is 5th and Main Street. Sorry, 6th okay. and Main Street. Fifth, yeah. But from uh, 3rd to 8th on Los Angeles Street behind me, that's where before the pandemic, the um, area of what the government has sanctioned, Skid Row, stopped, right? And then there's that went two blocks behind, basically like three blocks behind me and up to the street right before me. Mm -hmm. um, in March, when we shut down Main Street, was still Main Street, and we're three blocks away from the city hall, from City Hall too. Um, so in March, February, uh, sorry, April, mid-April, you were seeing families start showing up on like brand new homeless uh, families showing up on Main Street, and the government re-sanctioned what they called um, Skid Row and included Main Street from eighth to third. So okay. it was like uh, it was like neighbors moving in every single day, and we were we're a corner unit too in that building. So like mm -hmm. the windows that we would look at is Main Street and Sixth Street, so you could see it start to like you could see the. It set. was a whole see, tent city, yeah. like it really was. It, yeah, and then you know obviously from there we had protests, which were great, and then it turned into not so great evenings, and uh, that went on for like ever. Yeah, but, so you were yeah. like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> 
So were you guys at the Regent then or something? That's uh, on Main Street right down from me. Oh my God. I got to look it up now. Cause, um, no worries. I just don't want to, don't want, we'll probably, we'll probably explain this from the podcast. Cause it's all about you <laughs> uh, and not about my, uh, no, I think it's, shit. I think, I think it's, I'm I think die it's, in Los Angeles moments. <laughs> Well, Alice, Chad, and, Alice and Chad, your, your, Chad, your fear is uh, some people's joy. So, um, true. Anyway, uh, Mixy, while you're looking it up, can I ask you something? I just want to talk about your early influence and stuff like that. I mean, your voice, you, you, you easily can kind of move from guttural to like melodic and ethereal. Was that out of basically experiences from like people that you looked up to, or you just kind of, uh, I mean, who were you listening to when you were younger and going and influencing the way you sound? Man. Um, when when the band first got together so it's changed over time like i when i was younger it was a lot of like i i really okay best best singer in the whole world to me is louis armstrong and the reason i like him so much is because his character his uniqueness you know it's him when he's singing and i've always kept that in mind to try to have my own voice or at least be able to sound unique to myself and find the things that make my voice my voice you know not try to sound like anybody else um and i think you know it's like the punk scene and then there's like the uh I think my first poster on the wall was Korn and uh, Metallica and uh, Nirvana. And I don't know, that wasn't really, I liked the heavy guitars for that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. I still love the jazzy like uh, vocal. So um, I don't know, uh, the band started, we were listening to a lot of Bullet for My Valentine at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that album? Uh, I don't remember, but it was basically the anthem for the first beginning of stitched up part because i was i couldn't take the cd out of my car um and i didn't know i could scream uh, i was writing the songs so that somebody else in the band could scream and i would just do the singing parts but i was trying to tell them where to scream and i was like oh shoot i can scream <laughs> and it just kind of happened like <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's just turned into something else and you know, your voice evolves over time too. So I'm still finding different, uh, quirks and different, um, tones that I like, or I used to like something different before. And now I like something else, you know, um, I think it's just trying to be unique to yourself and whatever feels right. With the idea of Louis Armstrong, do you ever see yourself as later down in your life, your singing career, maybe going into more of a songbird kind of speakeasy, uh, you know, Billie Holiday kind of direction? Oh, there's probably a music video like that in our future, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually, that was what I was thinking for this, my demon one. It was like, you know, the red red uh, curtain behind us, spotlight, like the 55 sure. SH mic. And uh, we still use that mic, but uh, it wasn't quite <laughs> what I originally yeah, planned. Very, yeah, very Victorian looking, kind of like Paris in the 30s. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have a, a, there's some, so my grandma's sister... Um, was a a jazz singer back in Chicago a long time ago. She's not around anymore, but I think she died pretty young. But for some reason, my grandma always calls me her and we kind of get, like I never met her, but I feel like there's some sort of connection from mm -hmm. like a spiritual realm or something. Like I have to help finish some of the stuff she started kind of thing. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Did, did your grandma ever mention the cubby bear? Did, you, did, your, uh, did she sing at the cubby bear? In oh, Chicago? I, 
I don't know. I just know that she was so good and they wanted her to come out to LA and be a big star or whatever, but she, she didn't really want to be that big. She just wanted to sing, you know, little lounges and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know who I had uh, on my stream yesterday was Rivals, uh, uh, Callie. She was on Shiprocked. Yeah. The last one that we were, I did the stowaways. And I remember uh, hearing her voice from the hallway going, what is that? I need to check this out. And I like found myself like following this beautiful voice. And I just sat there and just watched her. And she was just like, amazing. I was just blown away. Talked to her for a while afterwards. And somehow we just linked up and um, talked on the Twitch stream yesterday about it. But um, that girl's voice, if we're talking about uniqueness, it's just just really, really good. I don't know why I brought that up, but I was just talking to her yesterday. Well, no, it's it's fascinating. You mentioned that real quick uh, before before we get into Shit Rock. But on Shit Rock, we've always had really great luck the female front of bands we have on always have a very great standout singer, just like you mentioned yourself, Maria Brink, um, even like uh, uh, Dead Sarah. I mean, we've just had these very unique, the, the, the girl from Standstills, just amazing voices in these women. I mean, none of them, they're all unique and original, even though they kind of work in the same genre. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting you point that out because I thought she had an amazing voice too. Oh my God. It's just phenomenal. They just came out with some new music, Lavenders. Um, I actually have on repeat once I listened to it yesterday, I was doing a little research and I'm like, Oh my God, I love this song. Uh, But yeah, definitely check out rivals. If you're listening to this, they're, they're killing it. Do you guys have any plans to tour together? Whenever the world opens up, I'm sure at some point um, (laughs) we're still trying to do that Sebastian Bach tour. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to ask you um, like, Speaking of world opening up and Sebastian Bach, I heard we heard we heard that Sebastian like handpicked you guys and like he got the whole confirmation like from his team and stuff like that. Is it, how did that feel? That's what we heard. I don't know. It's like yeah, Sebastian no, Bach. Yeah, I don't know how exactly it went down, but um, we were actually trying to negotiate another tour at the time, and we were like going to be broke if we took it. But we were like, well, the band's really cool. Let's we might do it anyway. But um, then they came in, and we were like. I thought that he was kidding. I was like, no shit, no way. And yeah, they just said it came out of the blue. I'm not sure how it went down. So, you know, things like that just kind of happened. But, um, but dude, Skid Row's first album, the, the tour is supposed to, he's supposed to play all of those songs. And like, there's so many, uh, so many wow. good songs. I got them in my head now. Like, I remember. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, are every gonna, night, are they going to uh, There's like, well, so it got pushed. March 13th, it got pushed to the fall. Now it got pushed to May, the end of May. So it'll be like right around my birthday when I turn 21 again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, you go. there you, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, uh, it'll be one day we will. And he keeps like, the cool thing is, is that every time I know it's going to get pushed, I'm like, oh gosh, still, it's like almost October. This is probably not going to happen. It's probably just going to cancel it. And he keeps just, hey, are you guys cool with like, like, still doing this if we push it off a little longer we're like dude we just want to play with you <laughs> that's cool yeah it's really uh, exciting do, do you have any good tour, tour stories i mean cap you know in, dude, while we're talking about touring i was just gonna say you went out with steel panther right oh yeah yeah. yeah. And so we went out with Steel Panther like about a year, almost a year ago to this date. And it was oh, the last yeah. tour we did, minus some seven dust acoustic shows. But um 
dude, what about that tour? Like, oh my God, I never thought, like, if anybody doesn't know Steel Panther, they're just, their wit uh, and the way that they banter on stage is the most hilarious comedic thing. But as, aside from that, like the talent in every, like in their satchel's pinky finger, is just like <laughs> this like insane. And um, yeah, so that was a really fun tour. I was, I was kind of curious, like what would happen? Cause they have a lot of songs that are like about like girls, you know, doing stuff and yeah. i was like oh this is gonna be interesting going Open to high head. school then going yeah. to college and getting a degree and starting yeah family. you know all the professional yeah. women of the world <laughs> yeah. um and i'm like well they're gonna like these these guys are gonna all the people in the crowd are gonna ask me to like take off my top or something it's gonna be weird but it was complete opposite everybody was just ready to rock they just wanted to see a rock show so bad they were just like dressed up like steel panther wearing like like leopard print pants and like wigs and shit and like it was it was really hilarious and it was awesome and oh man there was one point though this was pretty funny it was the second show uh no, it might've been the first. Anyway, I hear, uh, on the second show, I hear, Hey, so, uh, last night, Michael Starr said you give good blowjobs on stage. No, one of the band, one of my band members was watching. Like, I just went to take a quick, <laughs> show real quick. He's like, he said, you give good head. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I went up to Michael Starr, the singer, uh, Steel Panther. I'm like the next day in New York city. I'm like, Hey dude, so did you get say that I give good blowjobs on stage? <laughs> and he's like, no, way, it wasn't me. It was Satchel. It was Satchel, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, what if I said he gives good blowjobs? Would I get kicked off the tour? Like, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> like, do, I don't know you guys that well yet. Like, it was the second show. Um, and so I didn't do it the first night in New York City. But the second night, it was a lot more rowdy because all the people that were like, that didn't get their tickets first because it was a sold out show the first day that like waited to the last minute that wanted to mosh and just go crazy. We're all at the second night in New York city. Um, and, uh, the very last thing I said was, by the way, Satchel gives great blowjobs and everybody was cracking up and I was like, yay. All right, you guys get the keys. We're probably booted off this tour. (laughs) (laughs) Play me out, Johnny. (laughs) That's great. Did, did, did they, uh, did they come back with anything? Uh, I think they said it almost every single night after that. Um, (laughs) The greatest thing was we played a a show in Indianapolis and it was a split show. So part of the venue, the upstairs was the Nutcracker, Mm -hmm. like ballet, little children. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then there was the Steel Panther show, which had like the F word all over the shirts and boobs and things. And like, uh, it was an interesting, they, the set, like they were all walking into the building at the same time, the families and the steel Panther crowd. And it was just something hilarious. Is it the Egyptian? Uh, I think that's the, the internet, uh, downtown. I think so. Yeah. It was a big, it's a big like bank looking building. And there's like a, kind of like a, the one in Milwaukee, the rave in Milwaukee a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and we played the rave too. I love that. Venue. Oh yeah. Their, their tour. Uh, they're, they're, that's so cool that the fans um, were not only great to play for and they, they're, they speak volumes for what that band is actually uh, churning out. But the fact that not only were they cool to play for, they were respectful for the situation. They didn't allow that hour and a half of what, 
Steel Panther to like displace itself upon what you guys are trying to do because you're not like that's the hardest thing opening up for bands like that who have like yeah. uh an act you know we did it five times and after a while it was like uh, well, like we were like Shh, do you guys really want us to come back on the road you know and uh Aww. because we we just went legit like they're fans right they under they it starts to become a family so it's easy for them and they the band's super aware of what they're you know of what their fans are and what they do but one thing I've never seen, right, is the is a female-fronted metal band open up for Steel Panther. I would have been, if you, I was you, super nervous. And I'm so happy to hear that, like, you had a great time, you know? I was, I was a little uh, curious. I wouldn't say nervous, but I was like, this is going to be interesting. I mean, I'm always down for unexpected events. That's what the road is anyway. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, probably the best response we've gotten from a crowd. It was also the first time that we ever had a sound guy, um, our own guy, because we'd always been relying on the the house sound. So we finally started to dial that in. We realized, oh, that's important. <laughs> uh, like we can hear what we're hearing in our ears, but if you're not hearing what we want you to hear out there, like with the tour we did with you guys, remember we were like all over the place. We had, we actually auditioned our sound guy on that tour with you guys with like a storm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of the guy. I, I remember. He, um, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he came out. He, yeah. So we like basically decided I'm playing guitar instead of getting another rhythm guitar player, which is nice. Like it's actually, I only played one song for the Steel Panther uh, tour because I was hadn't played guitar on stage in nine years. And I was like, oh God, if I suck at it, we could just take that one song out of the set. <laughs> um, and then, and then I, uh, picked up a couple other songs and I just forgot how much I missed them. Miss playing guitar, you know? That's cool. I didn't know that you play guitar. Here's- that's originally how I started was just an acoustic in me. And that's why I'm pitchy. Cause I didn't know how to tune my guitar properly at the beginning. And I just let it keep dropping down. <laughs> like I, I'm just tuning the strings like extra flat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally. I'm just going to go put it in this freezer for a while and then yeah, bring it over here. Go. <laughs> that's perfect. I had no idea how to tune it properly uh for the longest time but I would, it sounded good when i was in high school you know it's, i still don't know how to tune it so. it's funny listening to you guys talk about the steel panther stuff i always think their fans are, are in on the joke you know everyone's very tongue-in-cheek i think the fans are savvy enough to understand it's all a show it's not like the 80s where it was like no one could tell like oh this is for real you know the parody but i can imagine being worse i can imagine let's say just real quick for talking about steel panther being them opening up for like the deaf leopard show and the deaf leopard older fans like the females if i'm joe elliott i'm going he's gonna solely offend all the mothers in our crowd tonight (laughs) that's why i'd be i'd be sweating bullets of deaf leopards management not (laughs) you guys they probably think you guys play heavy you play hard you're aggressive you take no bullshit they they dig that that attitude you know yeah, I mean, they yeah. the Steel Panther opened up for a lot of great acts. I mean, like, they <laughs> Just, did a lot of stuff. Sure, and sure. I don't know. I think it's a perfect match because it actually takes you back to that yeah. that time when, when it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, when you watch their yeah. set, it's all about that. And I think it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when we used to party, sure. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of fun. It's like a mirror. You're like, this is what I was like. Oh my gosh. Oh, that explains a lot. I you think know, I right. owned those purple leopard pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still in the back oh, of the man. closet. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, I, 
are you excited at the, maybe the uh, the ability then to go out with Sebastian and maybe get called up to do I Remember You on stage and all those kind of things? Practicing, huh? Um, yeah. Yeah. So how the, the way I do that, I don't, and I don't just go up unless like if they- They're invited, yeah. You know, sure. um, uh, Sully from Godsmack tried to get me up to sing a song with them because um, I would watch them every single like side stage the entire tour. Um, and he he was like, come on up. I'm like, I'm not prepared. Like I didn't, I don't, I have to get in the right headspace for that. Um, so I did prepare for the song then. So if, if he asks me, I'll prepare for it, but I don't like sure. to do anything on the spot. Like I will not sing karaoke unless I've been rehearsing that song. <laughs> I won't do right, it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Can, can we circle back then to Lost, the, the track where Sully actually performs with you guys? Did that come together through just your the tour and everything like that and just, you know, became friends or how did that come together? Yeah, man. Uh, this was an, also a crazy, a crazy thing. Um, so at the beginning of writing the Darkness record, my A&R guy <clears throat> hit me up and he's like, hey, uh, do you want to write with Sully from Godsmack? And I was like, okay, sure. You know, like, I, I honestly, to be honest, I didn't realize how big the band was at like I know <laughs> sure. like I didn't realize how how big like sure. I know I know the band like you know I know songs uh but so uh, I flew out to Boston uh went over to his house there for a couple days we wrote a couple songs um they didn't make the cut they're still like sitting there in the libraries who knows what will happen to him one day maybe I don't know um but he was one of those guys if you've ever met Sully he you know is he's a real dude like he's just mm-hmm. like he kind of he's just like I felt like I'd known him forever. Like we'd been best friends our whole lives. Immediately, as soon as I got off the plane, I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, like, hey, let's just, like, I don't know. We just broke Boston down. guy. Yeah. yeah, he's just real cool, real chill. Um, and he goes over the moon for anybody that he cares about and that he like wants to help. And we just became friends. We just like texted back and forth, give each other shit. I sent him a blow up doll at one point for his birthday or something. He's like, it doesn't have any holes in it. What the hell? I'm like, <laughs> uh, he was like, I, I need a girlfriend. I'm watching Netflix alone. I'm like, here's a blow up doll. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, but it was pretty funny. And then, so um, how did the tour thing happen? Oh, so uh, the very end of darkness, we, I, management was like, Hey, you should ask Sully if he would want to sing on something. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to pull that card. You know, like we're friends, but I don't want to like, be like, Hey dude, do me a favor. <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah. I just said, you know what? I'm going to text him. He could say no. I even said that, Hey, I have a question. You could say no. <laughs> hmm. Um, and I was, he's like, yeah, you can ask me anything. And I was like, so would you want to sing on one of our songs? He's like, absolutely. As long as it's the right song. And I'm totally down. It just has to be the right song. So we all went back and forth. People were talking about covers for a few months until the record was completely done. And I listened to Lost and I realized that that bridge part in it had like kind of a heavier part that could use a vocal over it. And I was like, this could be cool for Sully to sing over. And I asked management what they thought. They said, cool. See what he says. He says, I really like this song. I'm down. So then I'm like, all right, how do I get him in the studio? (laughs) Uh, And he didn't want to just like record his vocals and send it through email. So um, Godsmack was moving their studio down to Nashville so that people can start recording and stuff over there. And so he's like, I'll fly up to Nashville. We'll track the vocals there. And so it's more sentimental and it's not just like, here's my voice and on a freaking, you know, um, 
and the the recording almost didn't happen because the studio wasn't set up. We ended up going to like some producer that our manager found last minute before we were about to fly out. Like, here, go to this guy's house, record the vocals. Okay, you're good. <laughs> and we're like, okay, it happened. And then he's like, well, who's going to sing my part? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, one of the guys in the band can, or if we're on tour with someone, they can come up. Uh, Grant from Through Fire came up and sang his part. Uh, or like you, <laughs> you know? That'd be cool. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And then he hit me up about the Volbeat tour. We were only going to do like two weeks in the US. And then somehow, somehow he wiggled, wiggled around all of the bands, everybody that wanted that, that slot. Like, can you imagine? There's 10,000, 12,000 people at these shows. And this little tiny band, like, like you know, we, we didn't even have a booking agent at the time. Like, wow. we didn't have a booking agent. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, should we just wait? He's like, all right, just don't do anything. I'm going to work my magic. We're going to figure it out. We're going to go around the system. And somehow he just squeezed us on the bill and pissed off a lot of booking agents, <laughs> probably. Sure, <Yes>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> and man, it was, it was like a dream come true every single night. Personal relationships are everything. Really? Like seriously. And I didn't realize the more, I guess, the the wiser I get, the more I realize how much I appreciate real deep conversations with people and really connecting with people on like a super intimate level and getting to know people what's going on, what's really going on with them, not just the face value stuff, you know? Yeah, of yeah. course. Empathy is so, fucking the most important part of our business in general. In any way you, you slice it, I don't think there's anything more valuable than understanding at least a, a geonode of what your your fellow man or woman person whatever is going through or trying to achieve we all have our little bouts of darkness you know yeah. uh, speaking of darkness you have a you have a global live stream coming up right oh yeah, yeah. Um, so i've been wow. putting off I, I know right what is what a segue um i've been putting uh putting it off for a while because I'm so picky on the live stream thing. Like I'm so picky on the sound quality, like want it to be perfect. Um, and we finally, after the world didn't open up again and again, I was like, all right, fine. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We found a venue. It's actually in Arizona. They have a, they're, they're a lighting production company. Um, and our management kind of set it up with that and it's a good deal. And it's like, I don't know, it's not in LA, so it won't be shut down. <laughs> huh. yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, you got to think about that stuff too. I mean, I think there's some live streams that are getting closed because of that here. Um, but uh, we're going to do it. We're just going to do it. I just, I, I, huh, as a vocalist, you probably agree with me on this with live stream. You can't, you can't do the vocals justice because you're not, people are listening to the live stream like they would the album like on a computer or like in their headphones or hopefully not their phone speakerphone. Don't watch the live stream on a speakerphone. I will kill you. Um, <laughs> You're that. Buy some beats or something. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so I'm just so picky. I wanted to, you can't get that, that echo of the room effects and all that feeling and the bass, like in your stomach and your gut. And, but we're going to do the best we can. Um, with the light show, I think is really cool. And we can probably use some of that for like music videos, just live music video kind of things or something. I don't know, maybe a, uh, 
music video album or a live album or something like that dvd totally. thing totally. um so yeah so i think we figured out how to make it uh, as perfect as we can um so i'm a little nervous i will be honest but i'm gonna do the best i can i've been working on my vocals like hardcore um so yeah <laughs> you're gonna crush it and th- i mean peep i get what you're saying the idea of the room's energy it makes as a vocalist it makes all of the uh difference when you have that that power in you you're like yes okay so the thing i was super nervous about doing right now isn't going as bad because i feel the energy from the people but Mm -hmm. what is really unique i think about the live stream in general is regardless of where we are in our heads the idea of it is that's what makes the imperfect you can't like to be perfect would be like an absolute shame right the Mm -hmm. idea of the imperfect person is what makes all of those moments so special and you just the people that are tuning in i'm assuming don't i haven't done one because you know the band broke up but i've tuned into a shit ton of them whether i bought the tickets or was gifted gifted tickets mostly i just bought them because i was interested and i'm a fan of the band every one of them i loved even when even in the even when in the weird like moments of like Oh, that probably wasn't supposed to happen there. You know, that made it even more special because it made me feel like I was in that room, even though I was in my living room alone with a big, PJs. Yeah, with a big box of disgusting chocolate and basically not wearing anything. You know, like, <laughs> right. It made it that much cooler because it was like human, you know? Yeah. I think I you're mean- going to crush it. Don't worry about it, by the way. Oh, I'm working my butt off to try. And also keep in mind, uh, band practice we we moved into a house so we finally have the rehearsal area in the house which is nice it's right here it's convenient um and band practice you know if you if you're about to go on tour the first show of the tour is always getting the kinks out like you got to get the kinks out and like so this is the getting the kinks out show everybody want to see me just like destroy it go to stitchedupheart.com and buy a ten dollar ticket to our live stream (laughs) And that's on January 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific time? Yep. Yeah. Look at you with your research. I wrote it down, too. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of events and and stuff, let's talk about the uh, the Stitched Apart uh, Shiprock experience. Oh, my goodness. You have no idea. Um, Every single time anybody ever asks what my favorite show was, and I think it was the very first ship rock that we went on, on the main stage in the middle of the day. And you could see the waves and you can feel the boat. And it was just, there's, I, nothing's been able to surpass it. It's always my answer. I mean, maybe if we actually get to Europe, I'll be able to change the answer. Um, but ship rock <laughs> has been my absolute favorite. Um, I tell stories about when we were in the the front of the boat and it was rocking so fast, like back and forth and you're jumping all over and it's, you know, who cares if there's feedback, like it's fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an amazing experience. This last one was my favorite ship rocked. I did, we didn't play as a band, but we did the stowaways thing and I got Mm -hmm. to play bass, um, and on a Lincoln park song, which was really, really cool. And, oh, I I just wish I just chose the bass and instead um but it's so much more fun like being a vocalist is so much more effort like i just want to play bass and rock out headbang i don't care um (laughs) but my i brought my dad um and he my dad is a moody blues guy he's an old like he doesn't 
he's never listened to hard music before. Mm-hmm. Right. So he got prepared. He got prepared for the tour or for the ship rocked. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to look up Octane. I'm going to listen to Papa Roach. I'm going to listen to nothing more. I'm going to listen to all these bands, Motionless and White. My dad is listening to Motionless and White. <laughs> uh, and so he's, he's already, he's, he knows his stuff, right? He gets on the, oh, he bought uh, temporary tattoos from Amazon, full sleeve, tuck uh, <laughs> it on him. <laughs> he, he started the night off blackout drunk. I think he fell at some point, hurt his knee, blamed it on his new socks. Um, like dad, where, dad stuff. Yeah. Where were your yeah. shoes? He's in the, he's in the family now. He's, right. He's, he met yeah. so many people. I'm like, this is my dad. Like the first night, you know, everybody's just went, wow, this is my dad. This is my dad. Everybody met him. So the next day when he wakes up, hang hung over, he, everybody's like, Hey dad, Hey dad, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and uh, so I've taken him around. He's signing autographs. Um, he's never really experienced that kind of thing with me. Like he's he's been to some shows and like he's been to some really bad shows too, but little shows and things like that. Um, but never really festivals or cruise ships, you know. And I took him to like right at the soundboard almost every single time uh, on the main deck so that he could listen perfectly as much as possible to the band. So now he always stands at the soundboard to listen. So I'm like, we could sit side stage, but you won't be able to hear everything. You have to sit right here. Um, so yeah, he, he fell in love with nothing more. Um, he really liked motionless. My stepmom, even though in this moment wasn't on the boat, she's started listening to heavy stuff because he came back just raging about like ship rock, ship rock, ship rock. Woo. And like, he's like, I got all these friends. Uh, he's <laughs> on the family forum. Uh, and you know, he, he started, he picked up a guitar. He got half a sleeve tattoo at 60 something. Really? Are you serious? First tattoo ever. Yeah. He, wow. you guys, like it changed his experience. Uh, yeah, like, and it's cool. He picked up the guitar recently again. He's like, I kind of remember this Beatles song I was working on. And I'm like, he, he's learning shine down and like, Oh um, my God. Good for him. It changes. It changed both. I mean, it sounds like it changed your dad's life and it sounds like you, I've never, I've never, heard a story like this before uh so i'm assuming it changed your life too because seeing your dad just i can't imagine has your dad always been that much (laughs) you know i think he's getting to the time where he he pretty much retired he's uh he's trying to think of other things to do um and more tattoos yeah tattoos i'm like and it's funny because he got a wolf uh, on his arm. And then he was still working at, uh, the medic, he's in the medical field and he was still working there, but it wasn't, you couldn't see it with the scrubs. So he had to get it extended, like with a feather so that people could see he's cool. He's got a tattoo. Oh like you see, you see my feather? <laughs> I'm like, dad, that's where it starts. You're going to have neck tattoos next year. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's great. That's a great story. Uh, yeah, that, that's a winner right there. I mean, I don't even. Seriously. I don't even. Yeah, people that even aren't related to an artist that have been on. I don't. I and mean, we we get, we have a really great range of of ages, eighteen to shit seventy. Uh, I've never seen one though getting a, a sleeve tattoo. I think that's great. Obviously, he didn't get it on the boat. He got it when he's back on land, right? Yeah, he was actually okay. looking um, to get it on the boat, but I think yeah. he wanted to wait because a I think it was more expensive or something. Let me, yeah, you, you get the you got to get the the excitement out of your head, and I get to rationally think about like, this on okay. for a while. Yeah, he just thought that the Amazon like temp tattoo looked so cool. 
Like I remember putting it on him with like the, the washcloth and stuff. Uh, and it oh was, I was like, dad, you look cool. And he's like, yeah. yeah. And I just gave him like, don't tell anyone, but I gave him my VIP badge so he could go anywhere he wanted. And I just didn't care if I had to went back anywhere. I was like, go wherever you want, have any beers. I don't drink. So he was just like, okay, where's the cooler? I got it. Woohoo. And then I was trying to like get back to see my dad at some point. And he's like, the guy's like, you can't come in here. I'm like, that's my dad. He's in there. I swear I know that guy. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, you could have come, come and fly. You could have come and found us and got another <laughs> Um Hey, listen, Chad always asks a really great question regarding Ship Rock. Chad, if you if you wouldn't mind asking this one, please. This is going to be a double whammy I, uh, because the idea of I have in my head is hopefully it's just okay. Here it goes. When you you came onto the ship with your dad, I'm talking the gangway. I'm talking that whole lead up. I'm talking like what is happening. You're at the you're at the port. Here's your dad. Here's you. You know what this is going to be like because you've already been on the boat before but now here's your dad and then you get into that atrium you know the first the first vision of what your week at sea might look like you know i remember how it felt for me and i'm assuming your dad had an (laughs) if he got a tattoo and went full fucking hardcore afterwards there's probably a moment you saw in his face go oh it's fucking on or something right oh yeah (laughs) how did Uh, it go yeah, no, uh, it, we didn't even get to the atrium yet. We didn't even get up to the boat yet. It was like, cause my dad, he lives in Florida. He's, he goes on cruises all the time. The normal ones, oh. you know, no, so never he, again, never again. No, no. He's like, no, this is different. This is something else. Like, he's like, you can't go on those boats anymore. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. He was like, as we're walking up, he was like, all right. Well, I mean, he, like I said, he got pretty much blackout drunk the night, first night. As soon as we got to the, there were closest to the bar. It was like the first place that we were at. Um, he, I don't think he remembers the safety meeting. Nice. <laughs> when he got off the boat, how did you guys feel? I mean, if you had ship legs, you know. Uh, my first year I did for like three days, we had to go to Nam right after that. And I just remember, um, trying to wear six inch heels at Nam, like feeling like the ground is like still moving. Right. Like for real, like, um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, he's used to the boats. I think he's, he's pretty much gotten used to that, but he probably had a hangover for a little while. Awesome. Incredible. I, I love that. So tell your dad, I said, hi, you know? <laughs> oh, I will. He actually is going to listen to this podcast too. Cause, um, he keeps up with the Facebook group and every, I always hear everything that's going on. He's always trying to figure out like, do I buy my ticket for this year's ship rocks yet? Cause he doesn't want to go on it unless we're like, I'm going to be there. He's like, it's not fun without you. Like, <laughs> sure. So I'm just like, I don't know, dude, like we have to just wait it out. Wait till the next year and you'll, you'll know as soon as I know. I'll let can, you. can I ask your dad's first name so I can look him up on the forum and give him a little wink? Oh my God. That would be awesome. It's yeah. Scott Demner. Yeah. Everybody go say hi to him. Say, Hey, let me What's see up, Scott. If you're listening, uh, cool tattoos, bro. Can't wait <laughs> yeah. to see you on the ship again. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so hey, uh, Mixie, we want to, we were kind of coming to the end here. Uh, you've given us over an hour and we can't thank you enough, but we, we have to finish it now with this segment we have called walk the plank. Walk the plank. Where we ask, ask you three questions. Chad has his own. I have my own. And then we have one we took from a fan. And it's a random question. And just be honest with it. It's probably not even related to music most of the time. It's just How related to life. Being honest. 
Well, look in your eyes. The look in your <laughs> eye. You can tell by the look in their eye. I'm a shitty liar. <laughs> I usually spend the next two days after the podcast just going on everybody's socials to see if they ever did anything that we asked them and then calling them out publicly in some sort of way. So oh, don't awesome. lie, you know? Wait. I can't wait to be in there. <laughs> so since we're coming into holidays and next, this is going to air uh, to, on Monday uh, next week, a few days away from Christmas, We thought I thought um, we'd kind of theme this a little bit, uh, uh, you know, with the holiday spirit in mind. So my question is... What is the coolest gift? Uh, sorry, what is the coolest gift you've ever given someone, and why? Can it be a gift for myself? Yes, yes. I hope. Uh, I was hoping I, would, I was going to go. I that would direction. say it's my Christmas pony. Like I got a pony for Christmas this year, so I feel like. Uh, and I'm I'm a horrible gift giver. I'll be honest. Like my mom will only accept Bath and Body Works. Like she doesn't take anything <laughs> else. I send her flowers. She's like, they'll die. Why did you waste your money? So. Um, I'm not the best at gift giving, but I always get myself something for Christmas. Is that messed up? Are we talking about the pony that uh, broke your arm, essentially? So that was that was a dragon, remember? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The that was Blanca the dragon. This is Blanca the horse. Yeah, this is Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. the horse, of course. Um, of yeah. course, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, no, I and a guitar hero also bought myself a long time ago. But I don't know. Like, I guess... I'm half Jew, so nobody, <laughs> nobody really gives good Christmas gifts when you have half a Jewish family. I don't know if that's like, but I've been, I tried um, matzo balls, I think, of soup matzo the other day for the first. Soup? Yeah. It was and amazing. Kasha, oh, yeah. Like Kasha Vanishka is, it's so, I don't know. They, it, I don't really, I don't know. We don't do a lot of gift stuff, I guess. Makes sense. Eight crazy nights, right? Yeah. What about you? Uh, <laughs> she's not listening oh, a gg allen toilet seat uh, um, a gg allen toilet seat yeah yeah um you sit on gg allen when you go to the bathroom uh two things happened i gave it to somebody as a gift and oh, you didn't fr- give it to uh, funny, <laughs> funny enough i got that same toilet seat uh the next year it's actually in my closet i have like not found a yeah, I didn't feel like appropriate to put the toilet that says "suck my fuck" on uh, in my uh, home toilet. Uh, one day, though, yeah. guest bathroom. <laughs> Thanks for the honest answer, though. I appreciate that yeah. you went straight to yourself. That's a good one. <laughs> you did end up getting it back, though. <laughs> it did. All right, Mixie. The, the, my question to you is this: If there is someone you can talk to the in the talk to in the world right now that you've never spoken to. Who would it be and why? Hadfield. Um, and that's because, Jesus. That was okay, quick. Not like I had prepared did that you, answer. <laughs> Chad, did you send her these questions? I know. I was like, <laughs> right. whoa. Uh, so James Hadfield, and um, I don't know. dare I ask why? I, I feel like um, there's little things that I I see in myself, even though he's James Hadfield, but something like there's some some sort of like similarity in our brains somehow i don't know maybe that's just me reading into music too much you know but um i just think that there would be like a cool conversation i can tell you one thing that you guys are similar and it's and it's he moved from san francisco to Vail to get away from all of that you moved from la to be with horses out in the country i love Vail. are you talking about colorado yeah yeah that's beautiful it's the best pass uh right out of denver think west right 
Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. sometimes park our RV over there at the very end of a tour and just chill for a few days. <laughs> it's a great place to burn so, one so, down if you ever need to. You know, right. I, know, right. I, know, I know an area. <laughs> there you go. I think it's so basically you guys both uh, sought solitude. So there's something to, uh, to you have common ground. Yeah. I don't know. He's, isn't he sober? I think right he's, now. He's sober. Yes, sober. Yeah. I just think he's a cool dude. That was like a really quick, great answer and super quick. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so we know it's, we know it's truthful. You've passed question two. <laughs> I don't yeah. actually want to meet James Edfield. I'm like, <laughs> never. Easiness. They believe me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, the fan question. Do, Justin, do you want to ask it or I'll ask it? Uh, um, you can ask it. Yeah. Okay. It's actually, it could be very generic or it could be very interesting because it is generic. Um, the question from the fan is, Mixie, what's your New Year's resolution going to be this year? Uh, to get uh, out of the country, out of uh, the United States and Canada and play a show somewhere else. Because I like international waters is pretty much as far as we've gone um, in Canada. So I want to I see Europe. I want to play shows in London and Paris one day, you know, Australia, Japan. Um, those are the, I guess, goals. Yeah. <laughs> That's a... That's a, that would be an awesome, an awesome, an awesome 2000. What about you? Uh, I would like to, um, I would like anybody to knock on my door uh, in 2021 and be like, hey, dude. You heard, can see their face. You're just in this apartment alone. <laughs> that, that would be cool, I suppose. Uh, a visitor. Say so, hi to him. A visitor. My resolution would be like, be friendly enough that people want to visit you. Just make yeah. friends with the Amazon guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He hates me. <laughs> this guy again? <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. Well, thank well, you I, for that honest answer, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll, you know... Hopefully we'll rub a, a, a rabbit's foot and we'll get you out of the country for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mixie, listen, guys, if you want to catch up with Mixie and the band, you can always uh, check out their Twitch. They're quite active right now, so check them out there. Also, coming January fourth is their global live stream event, so check that out. You can go to stitchedapart.com to purchase tickets for that. Um, so that's a good way to ring in the New Year's. Um, thank you so much. You gave us so much great information and I coming from me, I listening to you talk earlier about technology, like you're super savvy, super smart. And this was a great conversation. So thank you. Well, I'm not the savvy, smart one. The technology thing is the guitar player. I just like, he sets it all up for me and I just try not to break anything. <laughs> well, fucking doing a great job. Yeah. Pass it on regardless. So regardless. Far, so so, good. <laughs> yeah, no. So it was, it was a really great informative conversation just to my ear. So thank you so much for that. Obviously, I, I know we, Chad and I were looking forward to this one a lot. So thank you so much. Oh. Um, some quick uh, guys, real quick at the beginning of the show, we did mention that uh, Shiprock 2021 is now Shiprock January 2022 out of Galveston, leaving uh, January 22nd through the 27th. Uh, go to Shiprock.com for information on that, details or reservations. And also check out our new merchandise. You guys can go to uh, ask4.com shop. And uh, check a look at our new jerseys, our leggings, and now new, the hoodies. And we'll have a photo of those up pretty soon on our socials so you guys can get those for, I don't know, maybe we can get to you in Christmas, or at least by New Year's. Anyway. Can uh, I get one? I want one. Can we get one? 
we're going to make these things happen, Chad. We are going to make them happen. <laughs> you heard it here first. Justin's going to get both <laughs> Mixie and I. <laughs> so listen, on behalf of myself and Chad uh, from uh, Shiprock and Ask For Entertainment, uh, thank you for joining Making Waves. This is episode 22 with Mixie from Stitch Apart. You've been fantastic. And also, guys, on behalf uh, of everyone else, uh, we want to thank our engineer, Jennifer Zito, show coordinator, Heather Smith, executive producer, executive producer, Al McManus, and of course, none other than the captain who none of this would be happening, uh, Al Koenig. So uh, thank you so much, guys. Remember to rock hard and vacation harder. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.